Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 4, Episode 23, A Boy is a Pig is a Dog. Mary, what happened this week? Donna and Brenda go to an animal rights meeting and learn that the school is about to vote to potentially ban animal testing on the CU campus. But there's going to be one last rally for the cause on the day of the vote, just in case it doesn't happen. Rocky isn't feeling very well. David takes him to the vet and finds out that he has cancer. Fuck. David tells Brenda, but doesn't want to tell Donna, who truly believes that Rocky will get better if he takes his medicine. Knowing how sick Rocky is, firms Brenda's stance on the animal rights issue, which Andrea calls mindless radicalism. Andrea shows Brenda and Donna the room where students study sleep patterns in cats. Donna agrees that research can be useful in saving human lives, but Brenda still thinks it's wrong and is ready to give up all animal products. Meat first, shoes later. At the rally, the board of trustees, or hold on, at the same time as the rally, the board of trustees decides to table the issue, meaning they won't vote on it, and the medical lab can continue to receive funding. After this, a board member named Callahan exits the building and is booed by a bunch of PETA hippies until one guy who runs the rally, Alan, tells them not to be violent. David finally tells Donna how sick Rocky is. They try to keep him comfortable, but Rocky dies peacefully at home surrounded by his loved ones. Brenda and Donna blame the medical lab for making Rocky sick. Brenda goes to see Alan and Jonathan. Jonathan is the one who looks like a Backstreet Boy and some of the animal rights group leaders to tell them uh, more needs to be done to stop the animal testing. There's also older people there who are planning something. Brenda doesn't bother to find out what that something is before saying she wants in. She ends up getting arrested by the FBI after playing lookout while the others let the animals in the lab out of their cages and destroy files and files of medical research. I guess let's just start with it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even have any words because I'm so upset about puppies it, and kitties. It's a tough one. I mean, we're pet owners and like have had pets growing up and all of that stuff. So it's like anytime animals are involved, it's just it's just hard because I think Kelly says it at some point later in the episode where with people you have such complicated relationships with a dog or a cat or any pet for that matter. It's just all love. And it's like, yeah, because <laughs> those are little innocent baby animals and would never do anything to break your heart or betray you or anything like that. So it's a tough one for that story. Like, I'm glad there was kind of another storyline that was not, I mean, it was serious, but like not anywhere close to this kind of serious. And there's some humor thrown in because otherwise this would be a really depressing episode. Right? Like, I, I kind of just want to jump to the end of it because I loved it so much, but I was watching it on Paramount Plus, so it was like about to start playing the next episode mm-hmm. when Donna popped up on the screen. Yeah. I was like, what is happening here? And she was just like, hey guys, it's me, Tori. And what is his name? Pop Tart? Pound Cake. Pound Cake. <laughs> and they were like, you can see he's alive. I was like, oh my God. Thank you. Like, yeah. I'm not a child, so like I know it's a dog just laying there but like thank you I mean he was laying just a little too good (laughs) (laughs) he was just a really good actor yeah perfect little trained pup 
he was living in that role. He really was. He was thriving. He's like, I am no longer pound cake for this week. My name is Rocky. (laughs) And then he even responded to Rocky at the very end and barked. Mm -hmm. He just went full Daniel Day-Lewis and just method acted the whole thing. (laughs) I will only respond to Rocky right now. (laughs) But like Donna and David are like on a run with this little pup and he's like seriously lagging behind. And I'll just say like, He's a little small dog. He should not be going on like runs <laughs> with Donna and David. But of course we know it's because he has a different issue. Um, but at the time it just seems like he's tired and lazy and out of shape as per David. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a lab pup. Mm-hmm. Like we, we got to work up to this. He needs those little toys to like get the treats out that's what he needs he definitely needs that he needs a little he needs like a flirt pole thing you know like a <laughs> little toy attached to a string um yeah he doesn't need to be running like miles um he's not a lab he was from a lab but he's not a lab but then like where they end up going is just somewhere on campus and then this is where we kind of learn that Brenda and Donna are going to go to an animal rights meeting which is following up from last episode kind of at the end there where um, they, you know, were walking Rocky back to the lab and were approached, I guess, or they just happened to approach the little stand that the animal rights group had out there um, and encouraged them to go to a meeting. So they are going to do that. Yeah. And then basically like while they're doing that, David's going to go ahead and take Rocky to the vet and like just have him checked out again. Yep. Just to make sure because, you know, he's, which we don't know how old he is, and we don't know really anything about his background other than he was in the study, but then was pulled out because he escaped or was let out or whatever the case was. So they're just doing another checkup just to make sure that he's all good. Yeah, that's actually a really interesting point I didn't think about, because when they took him to the vet in the last episode, the vet was like, I mean, he looks fine, but like, I can't know why he had surgery when he had surgery, like what he's been through. So I wonder when Andrea like found out that he couldn't stay in the lab study anymore, if she was allowed to like take his medical information for Mm. them. Right. Cause they keep saying like, they don't know what the medical lab did to Rocky. And I'm just like, I feel like you should be able to ask. Right. Yeah. Like someone would know. And because he's no longer part of the study, and he's not a human being, you wouldn't think, like, HIPAA applies to pets. So. (laughs) What if there was a HIPAA for pets and it was called Hippo? Oh, that would be so cute. I would love that. But no, we just, we we should be able to get his medical records, or at least what was done to him. But we don't know. And that also means we don't really know how old he is. So we don't know if this is a spry pup or an old guy just, you know, who got cancer at a late age we don't know yeah i mean there's actually like a lot of plot holes if you think about it with rocky because like we don't know how old he is maybe he had cancer before he went to the medical lab and they were like doing research on cancer cells like but anyway the next scene that we see with rocky's storyline is brenda and donna going to this animal rights group and you know like mary said they're planning a rally just to like make sure that the board of trustees sees how much support there is to stop animal testing at CU. And like they mention 
other places across the country that their group has had success stopping animal testing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems like an interesting meeting, just completely like student run. And at the time, it seemed like there's just students there. I mean, I can't really suss out ages because like, let's be real, Andrea's much older than a college student here. So who knows? But it is interesting that it's like seemingly like a student run organization, but they are having some pretty large scale success. Yeah, because I mean, later in the show, we do see those like older people there. Like Harvey is in his like 50s Mm -hmm. easily. Like there's just no way. But I do think in this scene, like it looks like it's all students and they seem like really nice people. Like I think Alan is the one that even asked them how Rocky's doing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, But like, you know, after they start talking and they tell everybody about this rally, Brenda comes up to Alan and is like, me and Donna are ready to do anything. Like Jim says it later of just like, why can't she ever do anything halfway? And like, it's very true. Brenda is like ready to dive into this. She's very much like the Ron Swanson approach. She whole asses one thing. She doesn't half ass two things. So. And that's why we love her. Yeah, absolutely. Jim says it with like disgust in his voice. Meanwhile, I'm like, no, like you got a person who's fully committed. Like, wouldn't you rather have somebody that like, what's that phrase where it's like, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for nothing or everything? I don't Uh, know. (laughs) I mean, there's a line in Hamilton that says like, if you stand for nothing, what do you fall for? Right. So it's like, at least Brenda shows passion and concern and excitement around stuff to the point where she does get fully committed. Yeah, sometimes it bites her in the butt. But like, I'd rather be like fully on board and have it fail than just be like, eh, and not be taken seriously. But I mean, if you think about it, Brandon really has half-assed quite a few things. Totally. I mean, and that's just what we see. You know, like, or I guess rather what we don't see, because this whole task force thing, we're like, huh? Like, what is he actually doing? With Deshaun, he, like, only tutored him when Deshaun was practicing basketball, or only wanted to tutor Deshaun when he was trying to practice basketball, which is the whole reason he's in school. And, yeah, so it's, like, it's really interesting that Brand. okay, now we have a whole new layer (laughs) to the Walsh dynamic. Like, where they praise Brandon for getting involved in so many different things, but yet he doesn't fully commit to them or get super passionate. He's just usually told what to believe in or what to do. Whereas Brenda goes, like, full in, full throttle, but that's looked at as a bad thing. Right? Like, I I didn't even think about it until we started talking now, but it does sound like Brandon, like, half does stuff and then, like you know, he couldn't commit between the peach pit and the task force. And then like the show did it for him to be like, we're taking the peach pit away from you so you can focus on the task force. But it also kind of sounds like he fell into success with the task force. Mm -hmm. Like I would argue Kelly is probably at least 40% of his success on the task force. Yeah. I would say Brandon is usually like an accessory to things. Whereas Brenda is like, the instigator or the one in charge right like she's not even running this animal rights group but yet you feel like she's a leader oh that's it brenda's a leader brandon's a follower i mean yeah that totally makes sense (laughs) we finally figured it out (laughs) 
right before they get rid of you. (laughs) I do wonder, like, at this point, how intense was supposedly all the rumors, like how intense Shannon Doherty actually was, you know, like, was there a lot of drama? And so they're like, well, screw you, Shannon, we're just gonna make people hate you. And then we're gonna kick you off or like, whatever it is. I do wonder about that. Right. Like it kind of sounds like they're doing everything in their power this season to make Brenda's life unbearable. Mm-hmm. She's yep. in love with her ex-boyfriend who's dating her best friend. Her marriage fell apart because her fiance was just the worst <laughs> for one episode. He was great before that, but whatever. Mm-hmm. And then now all of this stuff with the animal rights, and you could tell that like Jim does not care for anything that she does. No, not at all. Oh, and Minnesota. Right. Forgot right. about Minnesota. That was so long ago. I know. How can we forget about that? Like, yeah. Gosh. Poor Brenda. Yeah. I mean, literally, the next scene that we see is Brenda coming home from the animal rights thing, as Brandon calls it, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like, he is even minimizing her activism, which just upset me so much. Yeah. Um, because, like... <laughs> The scene starts with Brandon and Jim talking about the task force, and I literally wrote, apparently the task force did the thing Brandon wanted and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I said, I also use the word apparently. <laughs> yeah, because we just don't see the task force. It's so fascinating to me that they just didn't bother to actually have task force things. And they're just being super vague on like what it is they're actually trying to do, and then the steps that they're taking to do said thing. Like, they're so vague. Yeah, apparently that weekend was a huge success and all we saw was line dancing and Josh. Yeah, right? Like, we saw square dancing. Apparently Kelly's a huge asset to this because she's the only one doing anything. I know. And all she's doing is talking. (laughs) I know, she's just being her bubbly little self. Mm Mm-hmm. But then Brenda comes home and, like, Cindy's making dinner. She can smell the red meat so meatloaf steak something like that and it's just like i can't do that anymore mm-hmm. i don't want to hurt animals i'm going vegetarian and then brandon calls her out for wearing leather shoes while she's decided to become a vegetarian and i was like i mean give her a minute like right you can't just like change your wardrobe in after one meeting like and also being a vegetarian is so different than just like not wanting to I don't know. Like, I don't know. I guess I can't really. I'm too ignorant on the subject. Yeah, I tried to, like, come up with some sort of argument in my head or even, like, a good way to Google this to figure out an argument. And the only thing I could really think of was, like, I mean, I don't think she really has a choice Mm -hmm. with the shoes. Like, she's currently wearing them. She has to at least go upstairs to take them off. Sure. But then... I don't know. I guess like she could make the conscious choice to not purchase any more new leather products and not eat animals and will still make an impact. Or like maybe she hasn't discovered that fake leather exists. Right, right. Or like, like, yeah, it's it's a tough one because like what you mostly hear about is veganism and vegetarian and like pescatarian, like all that kind of stuff. You don't hear a ton of the actual behaviors or like material goods you know what I mean like when you hear 
I don't know. Cause like, and, and sometimes people are vegetarian or vegan because their bodies literally just can't process meat well. So sometimes it's not even animal rights issue. It's just a, a body issue, but like, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one when it gets to the like animal testing and, um, experimentation and stuff like that, that that's a little bit more interesting, not interesting, but like, it's sounds like it's a different kind of concept to try to make an impact for than just not eating meat. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like she's in like the first week of coming into this activist role and like really understanding what happens to animals in between, you know, birth and on your plate or on your feet or in your, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So like, I don't know. I, I guess I'm fine with throwing the line out, but it did feel really weird to me. Yeah. Like I just, I could do without it, but then it does lead to her saying like, I'm going to stop eating meat first, then I'm going to stop wearing meat. And she leaves. And that's when Jim is like, why can't she ever do anything halfway? Right. Which in my opinion is like, then why do it at all? But you know, that's just, but yeah. So then basically like the next thing we see is, Rocky's not eating or drinking. He's acting weird. And so David wants to take him to the vet, which that's really all that scene is. Um, Mm -hmm. Because then the next day is when there's some other stuff that happens, but um, Donna and Brenda are now passing out flyers for the rally um, that they're going to. And David shows up and claims that, you know, the vet didn't really say anything, but that Rocky ate his food so should be fine. But then Donna kind of walks away and David decides to tell Brenda that Rocky actually has cancer. And that shocked me. I know. They just like threw that in. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God. I mean, I guess from a storytelling perspective, like their options were as horrible as it sounds, kill the dog or just write the dog out. And I guess kill the dog progresses the story better than just ignoring him yeah but like yeah david talking to donna being like oh yeah he's totally fine he's eating and drinking and then she leaves and it's like i was actually really lying and this dog is very ill yeah it was one of those like classic intentions are good but like old news doesn't get better with age you know like or not old news Mm -hmm. news doesn't get better the older it is like or I don't know what I'm trying to say don't listen to me but at the same time I I do appreciate them being like all right we need to tell her when she's like in a more comfortable setting and like not in public and like yeah because she does not handle it well understandably like she gets really upset Mm -hmm. uh and so like you know imagine what had happened if she did that on campus but oh for sure like so you know David kind of sees himself out of the scene and this is when Andrea shows up and they start handing her the flyers and saying like hey you should really come to this rally blah 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 and this is when Andrea calls it mindless radicalism and like once she said that I had this moment of just like why are they doing this to Andrea like none of that makes sense to me that she would just talk down to them or just like not explain it to them we talked about this last episode about Mm -hmm. how like Andrea wouldn't do this. She would explain things to them. And then literally the next thing she does is like, hey, come with me to the lab so I can show you what we're doing. 
Yeah, it's like they're doing everything right in that scenario, but by her, having her say the words mindless radicalism invalidates everything else. Because like we talked about last time, Andrea is a see both sides kind of gal. She can absolutely have her opinion and she does, you know, and she wants to try to help other people see her side too. But I just don't think she would go to an extreme name calling. And just completely discrediting one side of the story. Like, I think she, like we've talked about, she would say, hey, you know what? This isn't the only side. Let me let me take you to the lab and show you what the other side is. But not put down the other side. Yeah, no, it definitely feels like Andrea would choose, like, educating first. Yeah. Not name-calling first and then educating when people don't respond kindly to your name-calling. Totally. Yep. Because, yeah, she finally takes them to the lab, which is pretty clearly a different lab than the one that Rocky was in, first of all. So, like, Mm -hmm. we still have missing parts of the story. But she says that they're studying sleep patterns in cats to help them cure sudden infant death syndrome. They're just trying to figure it out. And I think Andrea does say that they do stick electrodes on the animals now brenda says putting electrodes on the skull which implies like directly on the skull which obviously is probably not happening um because that just seems counterintuitive and impossible but anyway i don't know i'm no doctor or veterinarian but anyway they're Andrea ends up telling brenda and donna that what they do in this lab is safe they try to Make it as painless and, you know, like easy as possible on the animals. But it still does include probably some uncomfortable situations. Let's face it, cats, especially with cats, cats are hard <laughs> to handle. I mean, I've like heard from people so many times, like, that's why a cat always has to be brought to the vet in a carrier because you just don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, um, I mean, it's it's the same thing with like leashing dogs and like you just... Animals are not predictable because we can't speak the same language as them. Yeah. And, I mean, you even see, like, all these cats are in cages, very small cages, by the way. And I was like, I, I'm i sorry, I just don't really care. Like, you should have a cat tree or something and, like, yeah, coordinate off. Like, because she says she looked at Dr. Reardon's approach and they minimize suffering. Right. Which I think is really important terminology because she acknowledges we are hurting animals, mm-hmm. but we're at least trying to minimize that in order to help human babies. But like saying minimize suffering when Brenda is already on this path, mm-hmm. I just feel like you aren't yeah. going to win with that one. No, definitely not. And even Donna is like, okay, like I guess this would be helpful. She doesn't sound 100% convinced, but she at least is kind of like, okay. And Andrea has to tell them like, were or I guess I think Brenda mentions this like cool that's this lab but what about all the other labs across the country so I truly think that Andrea picked a lab where she knew there was mm-hmm. not tor- not horrible things happening yeah because like what study was Rocky in he can't be in the study that studies sleep patterns in cats because he's not a cat right um see yeah I mean like you said, like Donna kind of gets over it and like understands because it's helping babies. 
And Brenda's still just like, I don't really buy this. Like, this is not good. And then the next time we see them, they're in the beach apartment and Rocky is just like laying there. uh, Like, he won't take his medicine. Mm -hmm. He's just not doing well. Yeah, he's just not really responding to a lot of stuff and won't take his medicine. And then David tells him, like, this is when David admits to Donna that he's pretty sick, but then eventually says, no, he has cancer. And this at least is the safe environment, the, you know, safe spot for Donna to really break down. Um, But of course, she doesn't want to believe it. Like, of course, of course, like, and of course, this is when I like couldn't even listen to the thing because my dog will never die. She just won't. I know, right? Like, he talks about how they should put the dog to sleep. And I was just like, no, I no. refuse. <laughs> it's too much. Because, yeah, Donna just, like, is not okay with it. She's like, no, no, no. We're going to give him medicine. We're going to give him food and water. He's going to be totally fine. Mm-hmm. And – he kind of is, at least in some regard, like, because the next time we hear about them, Donna had called Brenda and they were talking about Rocky and how he is doing better. He's eating and he slept and like all this kind of stuff, which, you know, of course, if he was able to take his medicine, that probably did relieve some of his pain if that's what he was in or or something like that. But obviously, if he has cancer, like this isn't something that's just going to go away Um because it's it's real serious and they don't even talk about like if they're going to try to treat it right like they're they're basically just saying no medicine will work or we should put them to sleep they don't even talk about the potential idea of like chemo or any sort of treatment which would be expensive for anyone but especially three college kids but yeah so sorry i'm trying to move fast through this because it's so sad <laughs> it's like kind of hard to talk about <laughs> I know. Well, okay. So yeah, we can like, we can speed this up because I, I do really want to like move on from this. Yeah. So Donna and Brenda end up meeting at the rally where, like Mary said, they find out that the board of trustees postpone the vote so they don't have to take a position on the issue. And then that one trustee makes the horrible mistake of coming out of the door that all mm-hmm. of the protesters are at and like people start throwing stuff at him. And the one guy is like, no, guys, like this is not what we're doing. And you see Brenda, like, observing everything that is happening. Like, they very specifically focus on Brenda. She even starts the chant. <laughs> I know. Girl. Brenda, whole ass Walsh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sad we got that nickname now and no. not four seasons ago. I know. I know. God. Um, so the next scene is where Rocky crosses the rainbow bridge and like, yep, he's gotten, I don't really want to talk about that, but like Donna gets really upset about this. And Brenda basically says like, I'm not going to let the labs get away with this anymore. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yep. And this is essentially where Donna kind of like, where she may have been on the fence before. Now she's like convinced that whatever testing he was a part of, is what either gave him cancer or made it worse or something, you know, then like we get a really sweet scene between Donna and Kelly when Donna actually tells Kelly what has happened with Rocky and how she wants a memorial rather than to just do like cremation or burial and all of that. Um, 
and yeah, it's just a really, really sad scene. And this is, I guess, Donna's way of coping, you know, kind of talking about it and wanting to memorialize him and things like that. Because then we get to right before we see Brenda's reaction and all of that, but we get to this house where the, the people who are involved in the animal rights group are talking and one girl is just real mad and actually calls the board of trustees terrorists. Like she's very upset. Yeah. And I mean, they start talking about how economic loss is the only way that these people are going to like really feel the pain, which honestly true. Like, yeah, that is something that we let corporations get away with now that really pisses me off. Mm -hmm. But it's like, it's really hard to see them like talking about this stuff and then actually acting on like, we're going to go trash this lab, mostly because when they actually get to the lab, they're like manhandling the cats and I get really upset. Yeah. But then that guy, Jonathan, that looks like he's in the Backstreet Boys, comes up to her when she shows up and asks her if she's a member of law enforcement and says that she's required by law to tell them if she is. And I was like, Jonathan, no, she's not, (laughs) first of all. That also, again, reminds me of, I think it was Parks and Rec, where Andy, was it Andy? I think it had to be Andy. Or was like, are you a police officer? You have to tell me. Maybe it wasn't Parks and Rec, but there's some comedy where it's like, are you a police officer? You have to tell me. And it was so funny. And that's what it made me like think of this. Um, when this happened because they basically think she's like either law enforcement or she's wearing a wire. And I mean, I guess to some degree they probably are paranoid because of everything that's transpired. And Brenda is very new to the group all of a sudden, but like, bruh, you're so paranoid. (laughs) I mean, this Mm -hmm. is probably like a really big crime. Oh yeah. As he's so nervous. And then Brenda's like, no, I'm not, any of these things that guy vouches for her and then like she is ready to go do this thing Mm -hmm. i'm telling you brenda whole ass walsh because like she goes big Mm because they break into the lab and then it like it takes her until they get to the door for her to be like no 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 this is a bad idea we shouldn't do this this lab doesn't hurt animals like we have to go to the other labs or whatever while everyone is inside this room being horrible with cats and i really hope that they had they had to have had like animal handlers mm-hmm. on the scene so like i'm sure it was fine like scruffing a cat is not the worst thing it just looks terrible yeah and it was just so fast like it was yeah it was because they were in a rush like yeah i mean because obviously like when you scruff a cat or a dog for that matter like that's why they have all that skin there and all of that hair like it, they're they're meant to be picked up by that just not really It's not really humane to do so. Yeah. And, like, it might have even been, like, a camera angle. Like, I'm sure the cat was fine. Yeah. But anyway, while they're all doing that and Brenda's outside, which this is the funniest thing. They were like, all right, you're going to be lookout. And if anybody asks you, you're just a student working at the lab and you stepped outside, but all the lights are off. Like, of course she is doing something bad. Mm -hmm. And then the FBI shows up and arrests Brenda and reads her her rights and like all this stuff and they just focus on her face while she's being arrested and like the emotions running through Shannon Doherty's face. Look, I'm now convinced that Shannon Doherty also whole asses everything because her emotional scenes are her best scenes. If she's mad, sad, happy, like it doesn't matter what, 
She brings it every time, and I am going to miss her like crazy. She, like, crushed it. It was it was absolutely amazing. Well, Mary, what else happened this week? Brandon, Steve, and their dads are going to a father-son golf tournament together, which will be relevant several paragraphs from now. Brenda asks Brandon if he's been sneaking around with Kelly, and Brandon's like, you'd love that, wouldn't you? Brandon confesses he's been hooking up with Lulu, and Brenda says that's hot for some reason. Ew. Speaking of Lulu, Kelly is trying to get Dylan to reconsider funding her film, going so far as to throw a dinner party. Kelly negotiates with kisses, which, one, is hardly fair to Dylan, and two, attracts the attention of Richland, who confronts her. Kelly tells Richland she and Brandon are just friends. Richland tells her he saw them kissing in a gross way. Kelly asks Brandon to come to the dinner party because she thinks Dylan is afraid of Lucinda's aggressive womanhood. She thinks if Dylan sees Brandon is comfortable with Lulu, he will be too. Brandon tells Lulu about the situation and they have a little fight because Brandon has now told two people they're fucking and a third is about to find out. Richland interrupts their conversation, asking Lulu for an interview about Brandon. Lulu agrees to talk to him in her office the next day before the dinner party. Dylan is once again not receptive to any efforts on anyone's part in regards to Lulu's documentary, and this time he's kind of a dick about it. Lulu and Brandon leave upset. Kelly's mad until Dylan tells her Lulu tried to bang him last weekend. In their next class, Kelly calls Lulu out for coming on to Dylan, but she disguises the whole thing as pointed questions related to the course material, and it's wonderful. She gets an A. Lulu does not seem bothered at all by the end of the interaction. Brandon and Lulu fight about basically all of the above. He hates how nonchalantly she conveys her version of the truth. Also, the difference between what he did and what she did is feeling bad about it. Also, uh, Brandon asks what he is to her, and she confesses that he is simply a fantasy. Brandon and Kelly have a conversation at the Peach Pit and agree that they need to be honest with Dylan about what happened between them at Square Dance Weekend. Kelly says she'll tell him first. One table away, Andrea discusses baby names with Jesse and Steve. Dylan obviously doesn't take the news about Kelly and Brandon well and squeals up the Walsh driveway in his car, where Steve helps the Walshes pack for golf. See, it mattered that Steve was here. (laughs) (laughs) He can't just stay out of it when Dylan and Brandon prepare to fight over Kelly. Meanwhile, Cindy is inside microwaving brownies. (laughs) Brandon tells Dylan to punch him. Dylan obliges, but Brandon ducks like a little bitch. Steve takes Dylan's fist full force in the nose and is knocked to the ground. Dylan and Brandon aren't mad at each other anymore and are still somehow better friends with each other than either of them are with Steve, and that's sad. Yeah, I just... We got to jump right into this because I wrote so many quotes down because they were all Mm -hmm. terrible. Yeah. Oh, they're all bad. They're all very bad. And and so many different people say them. (laughs) It's not just one person. Everyone says something horrible. Yep. Um, Because like the first thing that happens is Brenda and Brandon are what in Brenda's room and she's talking about Brandon sneaking around with a girl And yeah, she's like, oh, I think – at first I thought it was Kelly, but I know it's not because you didn't take your cologne with you last weekend when you two were together. Yep. Which, like, 
I feel like that's really like weirdly too close to each other. Like, I don't know. I didn't grow up with siblings my age, but like I couldn't tell you what fragrances anyone wears. Oh, same. Or if they're wearing it, I guess unless I, I mean, the thing is, is like when we were around this age, but younger, the scent was anything related to Axe body spray. So I was about to say that I couldn't even tell you if people were wearing cologne versus not, but you could absolutely tell if people were wearing Axe body spray because they were always wearing way too much. Yeah. No, like I, I could not tell you anything about cologne. I don't even remember what scent I wore, but I know it was from Victoria's Secret. Oh, I 100% had the Britney Spears line. Like, it was in a blue bottle. I think it was called Lucky. It was either Lucky or it was, oh, man, somebody out there has got to remember what the Britney Spears, like, perfume line was because it was a blue bottle and I think it was shaped like a heart and I loved it. No, I don't that remember. Sounds really familiar. And like, I feel like she did have one that was called Lucky. I feel like she had a couple, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe? It was like multiple. And I just don't remember. I would remember as soon as I saw the bottle. Like, I would just do a quick Google search and I know I would find it. But somebody out there, you tell me first. Was it curious? It perhaps was. <laughs> I'm the person out there, Caitlin. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. One of our dozen <laughs> listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Which is inclusive of our own team. <laughs> it was me all along. <laughs> oh, man. Well, yes, oh, I God. did wear Curious by Britney Spears. So there we have it. Oh, man. But yeah, to your point, like, I don't know that we would have been as, like, detective, you know, skills on our siblings on if they were with a certain person or not. But at the end oh. of it, it's like he finally, finally tells Brenda that he's been sneaking around with Lucinda and Brenda is like not really surprised. Yeah. I mean, she takes like this whole conversation goes really weirdly because she says the Kelly thing first and then he does his usual deflection and says, don't you have any ex fiancés to harass? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, she had one and no. <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, well, you promised that I'd be the first to know. And he was like, well, actually I already told somebody. So I guess I'll tell you too. Right. Rather than just being like, yeah, when I tell people, you'll be the first to know. Right. He could have totally like, kept the secret. Yeah. But instead, he tells her about Lucinda. And then she says, you and Lucinda Nicholson, that is so hot. And I I threw up in my mouth a little bit. I was just like, stop. The two of you are too sexual for it. Like, you're not siblings. Yeah. No. They – no. It's gross. They're always gross. It's- it's so weird. Everything is so weird. It's so weird. Like, it, this is – I've said this before. Like, the world revolves around Brandon, and it's so weird to me that, like, even his sister is, like, into it. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And, like, Brandon's not even weirded out by the comment either. He's just like, yeah, okay, I got to go meet Steve at a golf course. And yeah. moves on. And then, <laughs> yeah. Well, and then we cut to – the I guess like the student center because Kelly and Dylan are talking about like animal testing and all this stuff because that made the front page of the Condor. But then on the page that Dylan is reading is a whole article about Brandon and Kelly at the task force. And it took me a little while to realize this isn't even the Brandon article. This is a second article about Brandon. Like so far, the people that really, really care about Brandon's dating life are the dean 
the chancellor, and now the school newspaper. Everyone cares. I mean, when he is golfing with Steve later, Steve brings it up. And it's like, yep. everyone's talking about you and Kelly. And I was like, who's everyone? Yeah. And why? And for what reason? And why? <laughs> right. Josh was there to cover the task force. And apparently mm -hmm. they did stuff on the task force on that weekend. And instead we got an article about Brandon and Kelly uh, line dancing. Square dancing. I swear. I'll get it. <laughs> I swear. <laughs> but yeah. And then like Dylan, I, I forget even what the next bit of dialogue was because I got so distracted by the fact that like I said, he makes the same assumption of Lucinda's definition of monogamy that we did. Yeah. And then because like, I guess through all of this, Kelly has found out that Dylan's not going to fund Lucinda anymore, but he hasn't told Kelly why he's not going to do it mm -hmm. because now Kelly accuses Dylan of not wanting to fund Lucinda's documentary because she is a feminist with a strong point of view. And then, like, she doesn't understand why he changed his mind. She is convinced that she can make him give her another chance. And, like, this whole thing is a real – like, this made me really uncomfortable about their relationship that she feels like she can just force her opinions on him and like get enough people at a dinner to pressure him into spending money. Yeah. Cause like it would be one thing if, I mean, the whole thing is awkward because Dylan doesn't tell Kelly the real reason. If Dylan told Kelly the real reason, I don't think Kelly would have the same feelings about it. She might still think the documentary is good, but she certainly wouldn't want him backing the film. And so that makes it awkward in the first place. But then the second place is that, like, Kelly's very blinded by this idea that Lucinda is just this, like, really strong feminist and this just powerful woman and potentially a mentor to her. And so she's got this idea that Dylan is just threatened by that. And that's not okay. Because if she if he is threatened by her, if Kelly exhibits these same behaviors, he's going to be threatened by her, too. And I... I think, this is just a thought, I think Dylan is the most feminist one of the boys, but I could be wrong. I think so. Because, like, we've talked about it before. Brandon only cares, like, his way of flirting with people is to neg them and to, like, talk down to them. And David broke up with Donna because she wouldn't have sex with him. And, I mean... Steve doesn't have a personality anymore. He just wants to have sex with people. Well, and I think he appreciates women to an extent. Like, he's a good friend, but he also wants to get laid. So I don't think he disrespects women. He just... I don't, I don't know. I don't know. They show him disrespect women a few times. Like... It's been a while, but remember in high school, he tried to get a date to the dance with that one girl who, like, specifically liked cars. True. True, true, true. Like, I don't – and he was so mean to Kelly for so long. Like, I just don't know what to do about Steve. Well, and the whole thing with Celeste. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So Dylan, Dylan's definitely the, <laughs> the, the most, even if it's not that much. Yeah. But, like – you know, Kelly's pressuring him for all of these things. For some reason, he acquiesces. 
And it's just like, okay, fine. We can have this dinner party. She can come over, whatever. And then they start like kissing all over the place. And Josh is just right behind them. And it's just like, I thought you were dating Brandon. And she was like, no, no, we're just friends. And then she tells Josh that essentially he should kill himself. And I was like, that's a bit of a jump. Yeah. Kelly is very mean to Josh. And I understand that like Josh is digging and trying to deliberately find out dirt on Brandon. But like the dirt is is there. Yeah. And he's an investigative journalist. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I at some point in this episode, I realized I just really want an episode following Josh. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, it it can literally just be, like, one episode of the point of, like, him getting the article in the first place all the way up to what we haven't seen yet of, like, whatever happens with the article. Mm-hmm. But, like, all I want is for Josh to just, like, I want to see how he gets all the pieces. And I want to see how everyone around Brandon is absolute trash to him. Like, yep. they're all so mean to him. Yeah, they're very rude and it's uncalled for and it's – I mean, she could just ignore him. Like, that's all she has to do. Just don't talk to him. Like, she tells him to go die. Yep. And all he wants to do is uncover an affair <laughs> that exists. That's there. Yeah. He's not even making it up. No. He's not – yeah. Yeah. It's bad. And then, like, complete, you know, left turn. We see Brandon and Steve at the driving range – And it's revealed that Steve is actually really good at golf because his dad really wanted him to be a golfer. And so he signed up for this father-son tournament. And I cannot wait to meet Mr. Sanders. I know. I feel like it's something that we haven't gotten that we've needed is more substance for Steve. And that includes we've gotten a little bit of Samantha Sanders, but not enough. And we haven't gotten any of Mr. Sanders to the point that we don't even know his first name, I don't think. And I don't think so. All we know is that he was on the board at USC. That's all we know. So wasn't he keg? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we need this dynamic. We need to see what this is like. Oh, I cannot wait. And then like, yeah, apparently he has convinced Brandon and Jim to sign up too. And I just really love when Jim ends up in scenarios with people that we just know he's not going to like. Oh, totally. He is not going to like Mr. Sanders at all, and I can't wait for it. I know. It's going to be great. Like, that night, Brandon comes back from the task force. They did the thing. We kind of already talked about this because Brenda comes in and just, like, owns that scene. Yep. But then Kelly shows up. And she tells Brandon – about this whole dinner that she's going to have with Dylan and Lulu and that she really wants Brandon to be there because she wants him to know that Brandon and Lulu are together so that Dylan doesn't have to worry about Brandon and Kelly because she thinks that's why he's being the way he is. Right. Which, from what we know, Dylan doesn't seem bothered at all, but that's mostly because he knows nothing of what happened. So, which was so weird at the end of the episode, but we'll get there. Yeah. Cuz yeah, they're like Kelly assumes that he's getting weirded out by Ke- like Kelly assumes Dylan is getting weirded out by Kelly and Brandon spending all this time together. 
but they can't really figure out why he won't back Lucinda's film. Exactly. Yeah, they they just think that with their powers combined and the fact that Brandon and Dylan are still friends and like all this kind of stuff, that tag teaming and and kind of ambushing him will work and will convince him and twist his arm enough to where he'll just back down and he'll actually fund the film. Yeah, like it kind of sounds to me like you said they're going to ambush him and like gang up on him and just bully him into giving away money. Mm-hmm. They're almost being more gold diggers than Lucinda is. Yeah, because like Brandon goes to see Lulu after this to tell her that like he's going to go to this dinner. He admits that Kelly and Brenda know about the two of them. And then he basically says he does it because he says, I know how much this film means to you and I know how little the money means to Dylan. I was like, this is so weird. I just don't understand why they're pushing Dylan so much. Like, go find another source. It's not like there aren't more. Exactly. Other people have money. And just like the idea that Brandon is just like, well, Dylan's so rich, he'll throw money at whatever. Like, Mm -hmm. do you not know your friend? I feel like Dylan would back something that he believes in. And if he chooses not to back it, there's a reason. Nobody actually asks Dylan why he won't do it. Exactly. I mean, like, he definitely deflects and, like, won't tell them why at first. But, like, he's got to have a reason. And even if it wasn't that she came on to him, like, still nobody really knows. And nobody asks him. They just assume, well, he has the money, so he's got to do it. And if he doesn't do it, there's something, like, there's he just needs to. him. Yeah, he just needs to be convinced or something. So. Yeah. Which, like, that doesn't feel like a friendship or a, you know, romantic relationship or anything. Like, everyone just assumes that they can force him to do this. Rather than try and understand that he doesn't want to. Right. Exactly. And so at this point, like while they're kind of arguing slash talking, but agreeing to the dinner, like all this kind of stuff, Josh comes to the door and Brandon is in this like film room. It looked like a, like a, almost like a dark room or something, but it wasn't. It was just a place where I guess you could edit or whatever for your film. And Brandon's there. So he's like, crap, you got to get rid of him so that. You know, because he can't escape. It's just a little room. And so while he's there, he asked Lucinda if he could sit down with her to do an interview for the piece that he's doing on Brandon. And she, like, very coolly is like, yeah, sure, come by my office tomorrow. Like, it's no big deal. And then, of course, Brandon's freaking out afterwards because he's like, man, I got to stop doing this. Like, I can't get caught. I'm, it's, it's getting closer and closer to getting out. So. Yeah. And, I mean, Lucinda even makes a comment of, like, how did he know I was here? Like, they don't understand how Josh found them. But, like, this also brings up a question. Hasn't Brandon said in the past that, like, he's not friends with Lucinda? He doesn't really know Lucinda? And then Lucinda being like, yeah, sure, let's talk about Brandon kind of, like, ruins all of that. Definitely. I wonder if that'll come back. I feel like it has to. Like, whatever article that Josh is going to come out with, has to come out soon. Like he is, mm-hmm. he's talked to everybody. Right. Um, But then I guess we skip to the next day. No, there was like a quick, quick scene of Lucinda and Kelly just talking about the dinner party and like what happened okay. at the, the task force weekend or whatever. And it was like, 
it was really short and I didn't write down what anyone said, just that it was short. Yeah, I didn't write anything down because my next note is Kelly setting up for dinner and like she hasn't even told Dylan that there is a fourth person coming and he's like, why is there a fourth play setting? Which is when, you know, Kelly tells him that Lucinda's bringing her boyfriend and Dylan's like, boyfriend, she just got divorced. Who could it be? And Kelly's like, oh, it's Brandon. And then they're there. Yep. And Dylan's like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, it's all over his face. Yeah. Watching him, like, open that door. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just – the tension. But also, when Kelly was talking about how she should probably move the flowers, she absolutely should. That centerpiece was way too tall and you can't see the person sitting across from you. Yep. 100%. It's like – Florist 101 for like weddings <laughs> is that you don't do a centerpiece that's taller or as tall as your guests because you want people to see each other and talk. You want conversation. Mm-hmm. And she even like she moves it for dinner right away. So it was like, what was the point of even having it? Right, right. And she makes this comment about her mother having excellent taste and all this. And I was like, I feel like Jackie would have put a stop to this. Oh, for sure. For sure. Jackie would have been like, I don't know, bowl of marbles or like an appetizer, like Mm -hmm. something low. Yeah, for sure. Uh, And when they do show up, it's like there's immediate tension between Brandon and Dylan, like so palpable. Um, And I just have to make one comment. I usually don't comment on fashion, but Lucinda looked like she was wearing PJs. They looked hella comfortable. That's what I said. Did you? (laughs) I said she – because, yeah, I saw Kelly in her like dress with the little like long sleeve Henley underneath and I was like – that doesn't really feel like a Kelly thing that actually like kind of looks weird because the dress is like a V-neck and then the shirt is not a V-neck, but I'm not going to comment on fashion. And then Lucinda showed up in pajamas and I was like, well, I can't <laughs> not comment on this. Well, that and Brandon looked like a park ranger. I just – Brandon looked like a little aggressive park ranger. Well, like, he was like brown on brown, but not the same shade of brown. <laughs> Oh, my gosh. No, the only thing I wrote down after, like, Dylan opens the door and Lucinda just invites herself in. Like, Mm -hmm. it didn't even look like he was like, oh, yeah, come on in. He just opened the door and she went right in. And then I didn't write down what Dylan and Brandon actually talked about. But I think when Brandon said bro, that Mm -hmm. was probably, like, the most aggressive bro that I've heard out of him when they're, like, not actually about to fight. Every time Brandon says bro to Dylan, it's hostile. It's not you're my bro. It's condescending and it's hostile. Yeah. It's like, oh, I guess the cat's out of the bag, huh, bro? Yeah. Or like whatever he said. Mm-hmm. We skip ahead to dessert after what is probably the most awkward dinner. Yep. And like, <laughs> I actually didn't write down anything of what happened Because I just kept saying, like, why did Kelly think this was a good idea? Mm -hmm. Why did Lucinda think it would be a good idea? Why did his friend and his girlfriend try and force Dylan to give people money? Like, I could not get past any of this. Yeah. Well, luckily, I wrote some stuff down, but mostly because I was a little confused. Because, like, so at some point, Brandon suggests Kelly come up with the menu at the Peach Pit because she came up with the menu for the dinner party, I guess. And Dylan still doesn't want to back the film. It doesn't really matter what they're all saying. And then he says something and suddenly everybody goes like really, really off the rails and gets mad. And I just didn't understand why. Because Dylan says, maybe you need a woman producer and a woman distributor. And somehow that really takes off Lucinda and Brandon. And Kelly's peeved, but I think Kelly's more peeved because like Dylan won't budge. But it really seemed like Dylan, I'm sorry, Brandon and Lucinda 
got mad at that specific line, and I just couldn't figure out why. Yeah. I don't know. I kind of took it as, like, maybe they finally realize that, like, this is definitive and Dylan is not going to give them money because Mm -hmm. he says, like, you need a female producer and a female distributor to Mm -hmm. be like, I'm not giving you money. I'm not doing any of this because I am not a woman, blah, blah, blah. I mean, he's definitely being rude to Lucinda, but it is weird that, like, that was his last line and then Brandon's like – I think we should go. Mm-hmm. This isn't going like this is over. And listen to like it's been over. Yeah. And I just leave. Yeah. And it was just weird. And like I just didn't really quite understand why that was what they got mad at. But yeah, probably just because it was like final. Yeah, that's the only thing I can guess. Yeah. But then um, like they leave and Kelly's really mad because Dylan was rude. And then and and it was at this point where I was like, why doesn't Dylan just tell her what happened? And then he does, which is good. But then Kelly just like doesn't even believe him at all. I know. Like this is where it started to get really confusing for me because so Dylan tells Kelly that Linda Linda <laughs> Lulu tried to sleep with him. Yep. And then I guess Kelly accuses Dylan of accusing Linda oh my god <laughs> Lucinda of being a gold digger mm-hmm. like he had originally done and then Dylan makes the comment that she just wanted the closest warm body and Kelly's like we've lost it and just storms off yeah but then the next time we see her she like a hundred percent believes Dylan and attacks Lucinda in class yeah I think like clearly they must have calmed down and like cooled off and talked about it more or at least to the point where maybe Kelly still doesn't believe Dylan but she he has said something to make her doubt Lucinda because yeah in in the next class Kelly immediately wants to bring up the whole concept of fidelity that they had just been talking about and the whole monogamy thing. And so she starts those pointed questions. And I just got to say, Lucinda is a great villain because she does not flinch at all, nor does she try to correct Kelly. She's like, you're right, but I'm going to tell you why it doesn't matter. Mm. she's playing 4d chess and like we we haven't even picked out a game to play like yeah we, we haven't even evolved to understanding what games are like literally she's sin rostro here like from jane the virgin like i like those vibes are coming off the screen she like she it sounds like she has figured out a way to turn this against people to be yep. like oh you think i'm wrong but i'm gonna challenge you to say that you're wrong and that I'm right and that I didn't do anything wrong because she, like, I wrote down two quotes. She says, traditional monogamy only works when everyone adheres to the same morality, implying that my version of monogamy is not the same as yours, but I followed my morality. Like, I did what I thought was right. I'm comfortable in my choices. And then she says that relationships can be healthier if people are more honest with each other about their sexual impulses, being like, I have told Brandon what I think of things and, you know, I'm going to go sleep with other people. But I also feel like she didn't really talk with Brandon to, like, explain what their relationship was. Mm -hmm. So she kind of loses there. But, like, 
she's definitely doing the whole like I am on my way to a PhD and I have just essentially a better vocabulary and more knowledge than you because I've been in school more and I'm going to put that in your face. And again, we've talked about with Lucinda, she's so supremely confident and assured of her own self that she this isn't just she's playing a game. This is, I mean, she is playing a game, but this isn't just that. This is her actually like being strong in her conviction, fully believing in what she's saying and doing, and turning it on people to say, hey, look, don't hate the player, hate the game. Right? It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. No, like she believes so strongly that she didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. that I like legitimately there was a time where I was just like oh my god did she do anything wrong right like and in terms of that first quote that you gave I actually agree with that because it's kind of that situation where people look down on open relationships because they're not in one but if you and the other person are totally fine with an open relationship and you've set those boundaries and rules or whatever it is then there's nothing wrong with it. It's just the outsiders who don't believe in it that have a problem with it usually. So I was like, when she said that, I was like, can't be mad at that. Like, right? <laughs> where yeah. Where is the problem here? You know? Everything she said is legitimately true. Like, if mm -hmm. you have open and honest communication in your relationship, you will be stronger and all the better for it. Yep. Like, I... I find no fault in anything that she said, and it infuriated me. I know, right? It's like, crap, I've lost. My king and my queen have been knocked down. It's checkmate, and we're done. Right. Yeah, because, like, all of this stuff, you know, while all of this is happening, Brandon and Kelly still haven't actually told anybody. So, like, this whole open and honest communication thing that Lucinda said, I think it even sticks in Kelly's mind of, like, we have to tell – D Dylan what we did yep because that's what happens is like they go to the peach pit and they legit talk about the fact that like she doesn't want to hide it anymore she needs to be open to Dylan about it and she's got to be the one to say it yeah what the hell was Brandon saying that he should be the one to tell Dylan he just by wants the to, way he wants to be the good guy like that's all it is and they're like their whole morality thing of like well, what we did is different because we know when to stop ourselves. Like, no, you actually kissed like three times. Several times, and, yeah. Yeah, Dylan and Lucinda kissed once. Like, yeah, th there's there's literally no difference in what happened right. between the two of you. Right. And then, like, it's really weird. It feels like in this episode, we keep being told that things happened without us actually getting to see them because, mm -hmm. like, at some point, Kelly and Dylan must have talked again, and now Kelly believes him. At some point, Kelly and Dylan talk about what happened with Brandon. Like, we don't actually get to see these things. And mm -hmm. it's weird. It is weird. Because then, like, all of a sudden, after, I guess, after sometime after the Peach Pit talk between Brandon and Kelly, Brandon gets upset at Lucinda. Because presumably he comes to the conclusion that something happened between her and Dylan. We don't know if Kelly told him that. We don't know if Dylan told him that. We don't know if he just has a hunch. Like, because all of a sudden Kelly wants to come clean. We don't know what happened. To your point, it being weird. But Brandon shows up to Lucinda's late, 
or I guess later than he usually does, and he's upset. And so Brandon immediately asks her what went on between her and Dylan, and then she just dodges it. Like, she doesn't even say, like, she doesn't even try to deny anything. She doesn't try to prove anything. She's just like, it was nothing. Well, and it's it's that same, like, she's playing chess kind of thing. Like, she tries to distract him, and then when Mm -hmm. he doesn't get distracted by whatever she made for dinner – uh, she says that nothing happened, but that Dylan took things the wrong way. Like, she literally says, we may have flirted, but I do get the sense that he was offended. Like, she won't even say that she did something wrong. Nope. She says that whatever she was doing, Dylan took the wrong way, or Dylan was hurt by it, or his feelings were hurt, but I was in the right. And then she deflects and is like, well, Josh told me about what happened with you and Kelly at the retreat, and how is that any different than what you're accusing me of? Mm-hmm. Which is when Brandon says, because I feel bad about it. Which, no, because again, if you're on the same page, it wouldn't matter at all and it wouldn't be different. But because you're not on the same page, it is different in Brandon's mind. Well, and it's the whole like morality and open communication, like all that stuff that she had talked about earlier. Yep. And like, because he even says like, I feel bad about it. Dylan's an old friend. And listen is like, well, if he is an old friend, he'll understand just like I do. And then tries to distract him again, this time with sex, mm-hmm. very clearly, because she is, like, rubbing a strawberry on his face, mm-hmm. basically. But he doesn't take it, and he leaves. Yeah, because he's like, I don't even know what I am to you anymore, or, like, what you are to me. And she's just like, you're you're a fantasy, just like I am to you, or whatever. Like, she tries to say, this was clear what this was. This was sex. This was a secret. This was an affair. This was something that people dream of having without any other attachment. At least that's how it was for me. So again, she can be in the quote unquote right and he can be wrong for being upset, which I do feel bad for Brandon here because I feel like if you're on that side of like, no, 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 I'm a monogamous person by my definition of I'm with one person fully 100% committed all the time like I'm not just dating a bunch of people at once so I do feel bad that he's like well hang on this girl that I thought was like 100% committed to me is like sneaking around with not just some dude my one of my oldest friends so I do feel bad from here and I don't the only thing I thought was wrong was that like Brandon doesn't think he thinks he's absolved by cheating by saying he feels bad about it that's the only thing I disagree with but I do feel bad for him because he clearly thought things were different in his relationship with Lucinda. Yeah. And I mean, it goes back to the whole, like, uh, like the morality thing and the open and honest communication. Like they very clearly were not open and honest about their communication and that Brandon's version of morality is different than Lucinda's version of morality. And so like, I I honestly feel like, yeah, he says later that he was seeing Lucinda, and I believe him. I think that this is going to end, and he's not going to see her anymore. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, like, that's the thing. He leaves, and then we find out that Kelly told Dylan about her and Brandon, but Kelly told Donna that that happened, and we don't actually get to see it. Right. Because the next thing we see is Dylan just, like, flooring it into the driveway Mm -hmm. at Casa Walsh. And Steve is there because (laughs) he was, like, helping Cindy and Jim. And, like, Cindy's like, oh, thanks for the invite from your dad. Like, all that. Like, la, la, la. 
And then he just stays. He like sticks around for the confrontation. He's like, what's the matter, ladies? Like when they're yelling at each other. So funny. I have so many issues with this scene, though. Like everyone is wrong, especially Steve. Steve is very (laughs) wrong in this whole scene. But when Dylan first shows up, even though he is like like squealed in, like there's going to be tire marks on the driveway, Cindy is just like, I'm going to go inside and microwave some brownies for you boys. Yep. Hilarious. But like after that, it just – it makes me mad because Steve saying what's going on, ladies, like feels very sexist to me. Sure. Yeah. No, it does. It does. I think if he wouldn't have said ladies and he would just would have been like, what's the matter? Like that would have been funny and innocent and cute. So, But like they were trying to do something really weird with Steve to like attempt to make him diffuse the situation because Mm -hmm. like Brandon and Dylan basically ignore him. Because Brandon's like, will you take in the groceries? And then Dylan says, you know, I got to do this, right? And then Steve just comes right back. He's like, groceries can wait. This is more important. (laughs) Yeah. But then, like, I guess Dylan is the one that says something about Brenda and Kelly. Brandon and Kelly. And Steve's just like, you made a move on Kelly? Mm -hmm. And then they also make a comment about how Lucinda is a sex freak. And And Steve's Steve's like, like, hold on, hold on. Go back to sex freak. (laughs) Which, like. Also, very sexist and very judgmental. I know. Like, y'all. And then, you know, Dylan completely makes like a 90-degree turn about how judgy Brandon's been about his money. hmm And then, yeah, he goes to hit Brandon, and then Brandon ducks like, oh, he makes me so mad. Just take the hit. Just be done with it. Also, you deserve it. I just have to point out, because I always have to point it out. There's no way if Dylan was going to punch Brandon that he would have punched Steve in the nose. No. He would have <laughs> had to like aim for the top of Brandon's head. Exactly. He would That's have hit how he probably goes. would have like throat punched Steve instead. <laughs> Which, I'll admit, would have been funnier. Well, and yeah, so he hits Steve in the face. Steve goes down (laughs) and then makes a comment about how much his nose cost. And I was like, is this how we're finding out that Steve got a nose job? Yeah, right? Or like how much it's worth? Like, yeah. No, Steve got a nose job, which then sent me spiraling because it was like he was a dick to Kelly for so long and constantly made comments about her nose. He's projecting. He's just projecting. This whole scene made me furious about Steve. Like, I I can't even imagine what the writer's room is going through of just like, this will be funny. And it's like, it's not funny. Like, I know you're trying to make it funny, but it's weird. There is one thing that is funny, though. And it happens after this because, like, the boys are just all sitting on the grass. Steve is clearly bleeding and no one is giving him medical attention. And... Like, they're just sitting there, and Brandon's all of a sudden just like, it's my fault, guys. And Dylan's like, hey, nothing's your fault until I say it's your fault, all right? Like, that part (laughs) made me laugh. Because I'm like, yeah, Dylan, you own him. Right? Like, excuse me, sir. You don't get to just be like, yes, I was wrong. Like, no. I'm going to tell you. That's why I came here. But then Cindy opens the door, and she's (laughs) like, I have brownies and ice cream. And I think she even said, like, for you and your friends, like, you know them. These are his homies. Like, yes. 
And they literally just are like, brownies. And they get up and just like walk in. Mm-hmm. And like and Steve all has to well. literally be like, excuse me. Yeah. <laughs> God, what a calamitous scene. I know. Ugh. And then like the last thing we see from this storyline, because like we already talked about Brenda, is – Kelly very weirdly massaging Dylan. Like, this did not look like a pleasant massage in my mind. Yeah. And then they get really sexist again because she's flattered that he fought his best friend over her. And he's like, oh, well, I'm really old-fashioned and I would fight for you. And apparently they're just, like, over Kelly and Brandon kissing. Yeah, I hated that I learned that Kelly is the type who's flattered by male dominance and male violence. I hated that. Yeah, I was like, mm, I don't like this at all. Like, yeah, I don't I don't usually dislike things about Kelly Taylor because she is the best character on the show besides Donna. But this I was just like, man, no. Like I understand this was probably common back then and even earlier that the guy is the protector and the woman is the damsel. Like I get it. I don't have to like it. I mean, yeah, like this episode is written by men. It's directed by men. I assume yeah. there were women in the writer's room, but, like, I don't like it. And I can tell that things have changed in the last, yeah. like, 16 years. But, like, that doesn't make it okay back then. I know. I mean, and that's another thing. Like, we can die on this hill all day long. It's – unfortunately, I and I this is my least favorite phrase, but it is what it is. And it yeah. was what it was. But, Yeah. I, I just – I hate that we were ever in that position, you know? Like, I hate that that yeah. was ever a thing that was like, yeah, all women are damsels and all men are supposed to be the strong protector and they are the only ones capable of standing up for themselves and all of that. That's all. Yeah. No, I I won't get into it because I, I feel like everyone can guess my stance on it and <laughs> I don't have another hour to talk. Right. Because, I mean, yeah, that's really the end of the episode. And the only other thing I wanted to mention was just kind of a little fun fact, kind of really nothing. Um, But when they're in that, like, little editing room with Brandon and Lucinda, and then Josh knocks on the door and they open the door and she's talking to Josh, behind him is a poster for The Hills Have Eyes. And so, like – it's it's a horror movie, right? Mm-hmm. And I went and looked it up because I'd seen the remake, but I didn't yeah. remember what it was about. And I was like, I kind of feel like it had something to do with like genetic testing or radiation or something, which it doesn't. <laughs> but when I searched 90280 and The Hills Have Eyes, there was a whole countdown article about actors and actresses in the 90210 from 2008 and the horror movies that they were in. Oh, interesting. And the actor who plays Aaron Silver, Jessica Stroop, was in The Hills Have Eyes in 2007. Oh, that's awesome. That's some like – fun fact. That's like some six degrees of Kevin Bacon shit right there. (laughs) Right? Like it was nothing, but I just happened to search 90210 The Hills Have Eyes and it like threw that out there. That's awesome. And they were all in horrible – horror movies and I want to watch every single one of them (laughs) oh also I cannot wait until next episode when Jim and Cindy find out that Brenda got arrested by the FBI because this is definitely going to top the time that she let Brandon get arrested for a DUI oh 
A hundred percent. You mean that time she had a party and spilled wine on the carpet? (laughs) No, it was all her fault that Brandon got arrested. But now she's getting arrested. Gosh, she's going to get to go to Rome this time. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, they're going to be like, we're going to send you on a year-long vacation to Australia. Yeah. And Brandon's going to lose his fucking mind. Yeah, he is. It's going to be great. All right. I would a little bit love it if... Brenda got written off the show by because she had to go to federal prison. <laughs> oh my gosh. She didn't even put it together. I just assumed she'd get out of it. She's like, Orange is the New Black, like somehow shows up there. <laughs> oh my God. Could you imagine the spinoff of Brenda in prison? Oh my God. It would be amazing. Oh my God. It would just be like whatever, you know, federal max, comma, whatever her prison prisoner number is. <laughs> I want it. <laughs> I want it too. What's that like? Her 25th spinoff that we've come up with. <laughs> and they've all been gold. Every single one of them. <laughs> every single one. All winners. All of them. Um, gosh, I'm trying to go back through all my quotes while we're talking. Okay. Yep. No, Guess I know quote. what I'm picking. Go for it. Jim Walsh. Why can't she ever do anything halfway? Mary, what you got? I have literally nothing. Oh, guys. (laughs) Well, that was a second because it had to be. And and sometimes I don't always say my quote of the week while we're talking about the episodes because I don't want to give anything away. But I gave it away this time. It is the it's my fault, guys. Hey, nothing's your fault until I say it's your fault. All right. (laughs) Because it was the, the, the pace and it was the delivery by Dylan. And just there was a bit of humor wrapped in it, you know, like he was deadly serious, but like. It was also hilarious, so yeah, I liked that. I think you're going to be excited with what next week's episode is called, though. What is it? All right. Next week, we have Season 4, Episode 24, Cuffs and Links. Oh, my God. So, gotta so be, gotta be. Brenda like, and golfing. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, my God. That's so good. Gotta so, be. So, yeah, a boy is a pig is a dog. Did we figure it out? No. I just figured it was like men are like aggressive with each other. I I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I think we said like men are pigs and men are dogs last time. but I guess And men are it. boys. Any- I don't yeah. know. <laughs> well, anyway, next week is more obvious. Yes. And so we'll cover that then. But until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast. You can also send us an email, and what I would like to hear from you about this week is tell me what perfume you used as, like, a 13 to 15-year-old girl or guy. I don't want to discredit our um, male listeners out there. Let me know, and let me know if it was Curious by Britney Spears, because that was such a great perfume for my middle school days. But you can do that at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and share, like, subscribe, rate, review, all those things. Um, Five-star reviews and the, you know, comments on all that really help get us up on the charts. It helps us get seen. It helps grow our audience. And then other people can tell us about their perfumes. And we can all just communally reminisce about when we used to wear way too much perfume to high school. Totally.
Yeah, and just make sure I think too, you guys out there, all you 12 listeners minus Mary, um, <laughs> share it. Share it with your friends. I'm sure, you know, a lot of people want to get this content. Maybe, maybe they do. Who knows? But just share it. Let's see if we can get some more peeps involved in this because we really like when we get the feedback. Yeah. So we'll talk to you next week. And from all of us at Back to Podcast, I'm Alan. I'm Jonathan. I'm the FBI. And you're under (laughs) arrest. Bye. Bye. See ya.